Hello, Making It Up listeners. Thank you for your everlasting patience with Eugene and I as we figured out what we were going to do with Making It Up. Long story short, we decided to start live streaming to Twitch. There are two main reasons we decided to go for this option. Reason number one, Eugene is about to have a baby and I am continuing to teach full time. So our schedules are not quite as free and flexible as they used to be. And we really had to find an alternative recording method that would allow us to continue to do making it up more easily and with less stress. Not having to edit or prep quite as much allows us to keep recording. Reason number two, we are both intrigued by the live stream format and wanted to explore how we might creatively adapt to doing a live stream. We're excited by the visual aspects and being able to show things on screen as we talk to them. Understandably, this is going to impact the experience of this podcast if you are listening to the audio only. So far, we're planning on playing some games on stream, maybe reviewing portfolios, sharing creative work we've recently been into, maybe do some drawing. We are going to continue to upload the Twitch recordings to this podcast feed as they are, so you can continue to receive episode by episode wherever you are listening. Just be aware that they do come from the Twitch live stream, so there may be some visual elements you won't be getting, and there will not be post-production editing. Thank you again for supporting Making It Up all these years, and hopefully you will follow us over to Twitch to watch the live stream or to watch the playback. As a last note, we are aware that the audio of this episode is less than perfect, and we are working on it. I can tell you that episode 202 already sounds way better than episode 200, so improvements are being made. Okay, no more preamble. Here is the audio of our first live stream. Wait, yeah. there's no there's no intro screen. Oh, I guess well, you know what? We've spent the last forty minutes trying to figure this thing out. No, we didn't. We spent the last fifteen minutes trying to figure this out. Uh, what's going 15, on, Therese? Intro, no intro? Oh, well, I guess we can we can't go do it at the end anymore. Intro. We have to do it at the beginning. All right, let's do, do let's do the intro. I'm sure a lot of people that are gonna listen to this or, or watch this are probably longtime listeners. This But we'll do it anyways making it up co-hosted by myself sharice poon and eugene can we come together on a weekly basis weekly basis currently after a long hiatus to talk about things that we're interested in have questions about want to get each other's thoughts on making it up it's produced by megan which is original storytelling at its purest through captivating audio engaging words and beautiful visuals Making It Up is an exercise in analyzing and dissecting important movements in creative culture. It's an opportunity to sound off on each other and make sense of the complex, intertwined world we live in. We try to come to some sort of conclusion in order to be helpful to you, our listeners, and our viewers for the first time. But really, we are working through things and we appreciate you working through them with us. Making It Up is supported by our generous Patreon members. If you want to help us keep going consider becoming a member at patreon.com slash for discord access exclusive newsletters and more all right all right hold on i gotta grab something for nicole 
Unbelievable. All right. Um, Did we tell anyone that we were going live today? I think low-key we were afraid that something would go wrong and it wouldn't happen. So we're currently streaming to... I think you should just drop it in, zero in Discord, to be honest. Right now. Live well. right now. Yeah, might as well. One second. Curious, did you have an outfit in mind before today? I intentionally knew that I had to wear something over the black t-shirt because you would wear a black t-shirt. So either I didn't wear a black t-shirt or I had to bring something to change the color. Ah, interesting. So I, I had absolutely no strategy. I was like, I'm going to roll out of bed in this black t-shirt and I'll probably still continue to wear this black t-shirt. All right. Now that we're streaming, you could literally stream from bed. I I could, uh, yeah, I could actually. The, I'll use my phone next time. Um, question. Yes. What What have you been up to lately? Maybe we can talk about what we've been up to and doing. When did we record episode one ninety nine? I have no idea. It's been a minute, but also I think we took a long ass time to edit it too. Let's, I, I have to, I have to figure out how far back in time I need to tell you about. Okay. 199 went up on March 2nd. We talked about pierogies loosely in relation to company culture. And we talked about buy nothing. So we are updating each other on at least three months of life. Yeah. Before, I mean, before before we get into the uh, life update, do you want to also go on to the making IG stories and tell people we're live? Uh, yeah, you you want me to do it? I want you to do it because I don't have it on my phone. Oh man, my phone my phone's not in close proximity right now. Unbelievable. I I, I made a very conscious effort to turn off all my notification apps. Uh, all oh, the notifications here I, and here I am asking you to uh, pull out the one thing, one thing is that I think that because we had our, our fifth wave in Hong Kong like that pretty much changed the trajectory of this significantly like we weren't really meeting people in, in person like that changed a lot I think yeah I think our hiatus coincided intentionally or not with the fifth wave ramping up and definitely the first couple of weeks after we recorded 199 i didn't well i guess collectively both of us decided we weren't super comfortable even hanging out at each other's flat like you said i could go over to yours and i said well maybe maybe now is not really the best time for it so yeah yeah. I yeah, it's an interesting like even when I think about everything that sort of went down, it's you know, I obviously the, Hong Kong and, and China and this part of the world probably is enduring a very different but similar sort of COVID experience right now. Um things are kind of like going back to normal but they're not in, in Hong Kong anyways. But uh yeah, I mean ultimately the the whole process of, of the show i think also kind of wore on us a little bit i should think it from a from a 
directional standpoint it was like trying to figure out what we we're going to do with it i mean even now like i think 200 is more of a symbolic show than it's like hey this is like a new concept we're going with right what do you mean by symbolic show well it's more like hey this is the 200th episode let's get it in a new format but i think ultimately you and i have also discussed what is like the next iteration of this i mean i i think you and i also agreed that hey you know what it's nice to to chat and catch up you know weekly or so but yeah. i think that life and all that other stuff kind of got in the way and we need to reformat and retool how we we're going to actually make this sustainable and i think that's like yeah, yeah. So i mean, I agree with the retool and make this sustainable but i wouldn't say that like life got away from us i would just describe it as our priorities changing and not wait what did you in what did you interpret my well, I mean, when you say, you know, life got away from us, I feel like that sounds like it. We was, lost control um, of life? Yeah, yeah like we, we, oh, mm, we went uh, out yeah. of control, but that's not true. Like we both made conscious decisions about what our lives look like. Uh-huh. For example, I started teaching, as most people who listen regularly know, and that was a conscious decision. It wasn't like I let it get away from me, but... It, it did result in being busier and therefore not so flexible regarding yeah. this podcast. And then do yeah. you talk about your biggest life update? Um, I mean, most people know now because I'm having a kid next month. So just, I mean, ultimately it's been interesting because I just think about what parts of your life will change, won't change. I mean, a lot of people tell me like, oh, as as a father, your life doesn't really change as much, obviously, for, for many obvious reasons, right? So I'm trying to like also figure out my bandwidth. And also I think that if there's anything that I sort of defined the last few months, it's probably like just a level of reprioritization and things that balance you out. Like what, what's the shit that you like enjoy doing versus the stuff that is extremely practical, right? And I think that, I think that's a good way to segue into just like, you know, things that have maybe, I don't know, you've learned from doing your first year of teaching, right? Versus the shit I've kind of like, I wouldn't say I learned, but I also have been forced to like really think about profoundly, such as like prioritization or like designing an outcome that you feel comfortable with, right? So like for you, it'd be like, hey, what's the designing a curriculum that you feel is representative of your teaching style or the shit you want to teach your kids? And for us, it's like, I mean, obviously my work is like, my life pretty much in terms of it's always kind of been like that in terms of i don't know whatever is media whether it's like now creative agency work it's just like figuring out what that looks like um and also just understanding like goals i think for the last four or five years i haven't really had goals per se but now it's like hey as, as we develop a level of stability now new new goals are emerging so it's not that i didn't have goals it's more that the goals were very like, hey, let's let's just have fun creating things and try to run a business. Now I think that that's been sort of established as a baseline. There's new things that we're trying to accomplish, I guess. What do you mean by what do you mean by the goals that you have now? How are they different? Like, are we talking about like written down goals? Yeah, I think that just you know, like what is the type of quantifiable goals? Yeah. Uh... I don't really like quantifiable goals, but I should do them. Like, I think obviously from a business perspective, quantifiable goals are always the same stuff. It's like, hey. How about measurable goals and measurable? Yeah, I mean, I think for us, it's more about directionally the type of work we want to do. 
So that's still a measurable goal. It is to a degree, but I want to pick up, you know, two new clients that are within this industry, or I want to pick up X number of jobs that can be described in this way. I think what's interesting or hard is like, as you know, when you do quote unquote creative work, the outcome you're going for is sometimes hard to measure. It's like a sound, I hate to say, it, but like it's a feeling, right? Like you feel a type of way, whether the work you're creating is good or not. So mm-hmm. like that becomes your baseline because it's like, Hey, if I am taking on 10 new projects, but every project sucks or I don't feel good about it, then yes, you've, you've, achieved a certain goal but i think there's a lot of push and pull in that in that sense Mm, i i don't i push back on this like measuring things based off of like how good you feel about it because i think that's so interesting that's very ill-defined and like so dependent on i think other factors that are not strictly related to the work itself to a degree i I agree but i think well my eating well like well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't look at it from one daily, like feeling, but I think that in terms of just zooming out, I've, I've realized that how you feel about something is like a, a precursor to sustainability. So if you feel bad about a project or you feel bad about working with somebody more often than not, it's very, very difficult to course correct to a point where like, Hey, I'm going to put this back in a place where I really think this could work for the long term. Don't get me wrong. I think there are certain instances where you have to taper your expectations. Like if I'm working with Sharice for the first time, I have to accept that it won't be smooth because I'm learning how she wants to work. But there might be other instances where like, you know, it's a third time around we've been working together and it's still like pulling teeth. It's probably not a good fit. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying feeling isn't important. I just don't think that's like a good way. (laughs) It's not a consistent way to keep track of whether your work is fulfilling or not. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, unless, I mean, there are ways to like chart feelings too, but unless you are more systematically charting your feeling towards a project, it's, it's, it's too blurry to just like look back and be like, Oh, I felt good about this. I didn't feel good about this. Yeah. But I, I mean, to add a little bit more context, I think that how you feel about something can also be influenced by measurable things. Like, for example, you know, do you feel like you got paid uh, sufficiently on a project? And is it taking as much time or more time than you thought? Well, that's so not like, a think, feeling, is it, right? Like, that's no, an actual, no, like, calculable thing. Like, no, what is, the, what is it, the amount right? that I want to get paid for this? And then how much did I actually get paid? And then, therefore, that's like, was it good or not? Yeah, I mean, it does influence it to a, to a degree. But I think that it's such a difficult way for you to consistently analyzed through a spreadsheet, right? Like you can't just plot some stuff and be like, Hey, you know what? Um, this, this, this project and this project, because of the same number of hours and the same budget, they're going to still have different outcomes based off of a, a, a ton of things that you can't really measure. Like who is the client? Like, you know, what, what is the type of work? Is this something I've done before, et cetera. So I, I don't know. I, I think that for us, I, I think it's a balance, right? It's like, you can't just, fully pursue things that you feel are, you know, ultimately just purely artistic, but you also can't just be so 
number oriented. And I think that's always going to be the challenge. I think it's always the gray area that's more interesting. Than I don't know, trying like, to... I'm not trying to argue for like being numbers or just numbers oriented about like how you pick the work you do. I think it's just that like breaking down a feeling into more like different components as to just like an overall like sense of good v bad. But I do want to go back to your original question from like five, seven minutes ago, which was what have we learned? in the last three months since we haven't, you know, when we've yeah. spoken to each other, yeah. we haven't spoken on mic to each other. Um, and I think I'd like to focus that question a little bit more to be, at least to start off with, what did you learn about yourself? So not actually, you know, what did I learn about doing this job yeah. or my industry, but what did you learn about yourself as an individual and reflecting on this last year of teaching and it's then so interesting yeah i was just saying because we're live now like those long pauses we can't edit out anymore not that yeah, they're no. they're fully necessary but i mean at the same time it's just different like previously people would have that not be like that would be a conscious decision to keep something like that in. Now there's no choice. People who listen back to this, which is going to be everyone because we are still currently streaming to an empty room, they will have to accept the fact that there are pauses and repetition. Or we have to accept the fact that that's what they're going to get from this. Yeah. I yeah. think more so than them accepting it. So. Anyway, um, one of my takeaways is that as much as I want to be a really flexible, open person, it is, it, it does require like constant reminder that I, I want to be a flexible, open person. And what I mean is that, you know, like, a year ago pre-teaching, I'm sure we've talked about this before, like we both agree that it's important to allow yourself to be challenged on the stances you have and be willing to accept that you are wrong and there's you know gaps in your knowledge. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that the year of teaching taught me otherwise, but I'm what, what I am saying is that this year of teaching has shown me that saying it is all well and good, but actually practicing it does take, you know, quite a lot of effort. And I, and, and the reason I say this is because, you know, coming up against things in the institution and then also coming, encountering student stances that routinely have me thinking, you know, can, can I change my mind on this? Or should yeah. I change my mind on this? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've, at least the jobs I've had in the past have never required me to like ask myself that so frequently. Like, should yeah. I be changing my mind on this idea or strategy or whatever it is that I very much thought was like the correct thing to do? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I think that, you know, when you're subjected to so many different types of people in a classroom setting, different backgrounds, different points of their lives. I mean, they're probably all roughly the same age, but everyone's sort of going through their own sort of quote unquote life journey. I think it's, it's always going to be interesting to 
see what that, well, like what direction they're headed in. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's not just from the student side, but also from the institution side. Right. And I'm not trying to paint myself as like an anarchist, but I would say there's a lot of things that I believe to be anti-institutional in a kind of stance. And then also like challenging myself, well, why does the school do things the way they do? You know, can I change my mind on this? You know? Yeah. I mean, that's frustrating when there's certain things that are unchangeable because of so many years of rigidity that have been just institutionalized. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's actually really frustrating because I think I, that's kind of the, the one nice thing about, you know, running your own company or your own business is that you can kind of pick and choose. Obviously at a certain scale, it becomes a much bigger challenge for you to try to change things. But at the same, on that same note, like, you know, there are certain things now that, Hey, if we want to do things a certain way, then just do it because you can justify it or you feel it's the best solution versus a solution that worked, you know, 25 years ago is now the same solution for 2022. Like that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So what did you learn about yourself in the last three months? Dude, I don't know. It's always such a blur. It's like, it feels as though things that I've thought about and they're things that I've tried out have cemented themselves, but I couldn't be like, oh yeah, I learned that new approach to doing things like, you know, six weeks ago. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like right now it's, there's, there's a sense of like slowing down. I think because I think slowing down in itself was uh, or doing things quickly anyways was often like um, mm, it was always always like a example of being efficient right mm -hmm. but then I think realizing that some things that if you delay a little bit longer then actually it's better like good example is sometimes when you just drip information to people it becomes less of a positive outcome because they're like getting just bits of information uh, as you go versus getting it all as one cohesive picture. So that's one thing I've tried to do is like, hey, message comes in, try not to respond to it right away because you might need to actually download and talk to other people to figure out what's the best course of action, right? And also it's just like, I don't know, it's kind of shitty, but it's just the way in which you communicate also needs some sort of methodology around it because sometimes you need to be very clear in letting people know when are things being stated and when are things open for interpretation and discussion right and also understanding like certain people like they just want to be told what to do and that's not a bad thing it's just like hey that's that's where their fulfillment is is not necessarily solving the problem it's helping you execute the solution and you would say this is quite different from your previous communication strategy yeah, I think that it was just like ultra transparency sometimes works until it's, but it, it can also be contextually wrong, right? So like, I think you also need to design like particular um, parameters in terms of like what you're trying to achieve um, and stuff like that. I suppose thinking about these last three months,
Was there anything you changed in your thinking about the purpose of these conversations? This is the longest we haven't done them in like five years. Yeah, I mean, I think the purpose was always, you know, flexing a creative muscle and or trying to like articulate and understand things. I think you and I both agreed it shit got kind of stale because we were just agreeing with each other. And also, I, I, I think that in general, there's it was time for a new challenge in a way, because, you know, the way that we, we approach the show, we probably have to change some of the way we the ways in which we approach it, like in a traditional live show, I don't think you can have like moments of silence if it's well, well constructed as a show. So it's almost as though you're filling air. And I don't and I think it's not that you can't do that, but it's like it's the new approach for us. It's a new approach for us to test ourselves to like, hey, how do you keep things moving and how do you create a live show versus, you know, an asynchronous podcast? Right. And that's the things yeah. that I'm, I'm very conscious of, because like obviously for us, like right now, the way it's working, this is not the most engaging show, to be honest, it's like two talking heads. Right. Like, I think it, it's also fun for us to think about, like, what are things we're going to do? Like, are we going to go in and yeah. start looking at and, and analyze creative work? Right. I think that's like what's most interesting is that in this new form of media that we're pursuing, I mean, relatively speaking, anyways. Well, new to us, new to yeah. us. Right. No, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's a different skill, right? Like even in minute ways, like I'm now, whether this is good or bad, like to be determined, but I'm now thinking a lot about like, how am I sitting? Am I looking at the camera? Yeah. It is. Unfortunately, I also think like, is the picture of, this frame like attractive in a conventional totally way, right and i do embrace it for the reasons you said you know the podcast what was fine was working fine and we had regular listeners but also i think you and i we did We're it bored. in a routine way yeah well. it was kind of boring in a way i mean yeah also i just felt like we were kind of going through the motions and that anytime you go through the motions and it's like supposed to be a passion yeah. project it's not not ideal so yeah. i think that this is like for us to kind of just talk a lot because like what are things we can do obviously twitch does extremely well because you're narrating over some sort of like captivating visual which is a video game so like obviously we i mean we could do which that, is an but, option available to us as well yeah which was never right. available which before considering. yeah which was not um and then the other thing that i thought about the last few months it's probably not true for you but i also kind of fell out of date on some topics because yeah. regularly each week, even if we didn't talk about it on air, I would be like keeping an eye out for things that might be interesting to discuss or might be interesting to refer to in whatever like you chose, right? But then because I knew we were like on break, I kind of was like, well, whatever happens, happens. Like, I don't really need to read about it, which I said is probably not true for you because you read so much like constantly so much bullshit yeah I, th I think that's ultimately something that i i think it changed a lot i mean we used to have a briefing and we used to have this and like you know i think i've gotten into the bad habit of just taking a shitload of articles and just saving to my insta paper but you know my my input output is always negative like there's more things going in than than being like cleared off that list um oh there's another thing i think one thing that I've kind of learned from like Mayland and, and our other friend Fed is like sometimes just clearing things off a to-do list to say to say you've done it 
is not necessarily good because the work isn't really the best. So sometimes just like delaying something, obviously within reason, before doing it, is might is might is might it might actually be the better option, mm. right? So I think that's the one thing that I've I've it's one thing that you know in the past I was probably less inclined to ask for like oh can I ask for more time or more budget and now it's like hey propose it because the outcome could be this, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that applies to the show, too, because in a way it was like a thing that we checked off every week, you know, did we do this this week? And then giving ourselves the space to be like, hey, actually, maybe we don't have to do it every week for a while allowed us to evaluate. I mean, even to be honest, like, are we picking this back up? And when we pick it back up, what does it look like? Yeah, yeah. Totally makes sense. Um, I yeah, I think one thing that I was you know thinking about was like, hey, what are things that we can actually do here that are a little bit more visual and engaging, and not just two talking heads, right? So, yeah, I mean, maybe that's something we could do going forward is just like share work or like, you know, things that we've looked at. I mean, I was thinking like, hey, you could probably pull together some visual references that kind of inspired you over the course of the past week or or any period of time. And, and just kind of go through them. Sure. I mean, yeah. or, you know, we could do funnier things as well. I mean, with with a slight filter, but you could say, uh, show me the last 10 tabs that you had open. And that would be boring. Through, you know, why were those there? Um, yeah. Or, or, I don't know, uh, the... 10 most recent things you downloaded again all of these require slight filtering but i feel like the stream format makes these things possible and also more yeah. interesting than yeah. just us talking and yeah I, I think in the future like obviously the, we've done a lot of sort of open source brainstorming but i think that for me the things that are interesting are just talking over something a little bit more engaging and visual like it's kind of funny because obviously you and i are more than happy to just sort of admit the downfalls of something because i think we're pretty honest like if it's a shit product and it's not engaging then it's not engaging right yeah so i think that some something worth discussing for the most part i mean for for our listeners i was very prepared to play a video game with eugene and he he said you know it can't be competitive in any way at all that's not true that is not true for him to feel like we can do it on air because otherwise he'll get like too tied up with it being like a real game and like having to do well at it. So we can't actually do it on what stream. Game could, what game could we play though? Or we could play any, like, we could play Steam games in theory, okay? Like Age of Empires? No, does that fit or no? We could, but I'd have to learn a lot very rapidly. Would that be entertaining to you? Uh, I don't know. It wouldn't be the worst. I have no idea, actually. All right. Next stream. Next stream, Eugene teaches Sharice how to play. Uh, dude, I haven't played that shit in like 20 years. I don't I don't really know how to play it either. Maybe not 20 years, like 15 years. Uh, we both learn some game like Path of Exile. Yo, what's that? That sounds intense. I think it's like Age of Empires, actually. Someone, 
Spencer was telling me that his girlfriend was got some game where it's basically about building factories, and he she was able to expense it because she was able to take that and use it as company and team building. No Literally, way! Who do really, I this to? I mean, you can ex whatever, just expense it to us. But <laughs> yeah, I actually probably need to figure out how that would work to to play. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing that's interesting. I think maybe we'll we'll have to have a think about it and see because at the end of the day, it's like. I think you and I are like making at its very core has always been like kind of experimental, but I think that finding ways to make it more interesting. Also, if we go the route of sharing stuff on screen, I think it minimizes the need to have a nice background, <laughs> right? If I'm going to be very I practical. I self-conscious about his apartment background. Have you thought Dude, about the nice... boring? There is nothing behind me. Dude, the lighting is so bad here. Look at it. Look at this this area here. It's like, over... oh, shit. This part's massively <laughs> overexposed. This is now just a dice. Overexposed. Yeah, this is true. I have a very nice sunlight coming in from this window. Yeah. Also, yeah. all well, of this is like boring straight lines. Yeah. Um. You know, did people ask you in the last three months what was going on with making it up? Some people did ask if it was coming back, and I'm like, yeah, it's coming back. But I, I think I was also maybe less less defensive about it because I was like, oh yeah, it's like it'll come back, and it'll probably be more interesting and exciting than what it, what it once was. I hope, anyways. So yeah, I, I think people asked. Yeah, I was I mean, not not initially. I didn't get asked like in the first month, and then starting in like our second month of being off air so every now and then someone would be like are you guys still doing the podcast <laughs> yeah 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 one like i think that maybe what we could walk away and this is bad because i'm like i'm trying to turn this into a work exercise but like it would be interesting to kind of outline and just take notes share it on screen like what are the notes what are the types of visual activities that we could do Everything is a work activity to you. It's kind of weird because my purpose in life is just like improve on something. Here, hold on. You can see this, right? Yeah. It's, there we go. I'm going to make it a little bit bigger. Okay, so for there anyone who is just listening by some chance, because on Twitch you also might not be looking at the screen. We are now screen sharing a Notion document. By the way, I fucking love Notion. Notion, like Nathan really put me on Notion and it's like such a game changer. This is not sponsored content, everyone. This is not at all sponsored content. Uh, Dude, now I gotta be Otherwise that would have been a real smooth ad read. Except yeah. that's- Yeah, I mean, gaming is, is one, what else? Um, to be honest, this already is probably more fascinating for us to, to do this. Uh, gaming, art, visual critique. Of other people's work? Yeah. We yeah. should uh, critique each other's work. Yeah. Now that we don't do the same work. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be good too. Maybe that would be something that would that would probably work. I guess for me, it's like, it's always interesting because like a lot of my work, well, what type of work are you creating as of late? <laughs> That's true. What am I going to have you look at my students' work? I can't do that. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll make some stuff, you know? Yeah. 
That's good. Um, you always have me like looking at PDFs. Yeah, I think that what's what's going to be interesting is just finding out what is shareable, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that you know you, you recently asked me to help out with some portfolio reviews, and I thought that was like pretty fun and interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we yeah. could do live portfolio reviews in theory. Yeah, I mean, that with, work. with consent, obviously, and with people being down for it. Yeah, I think one thing would also be interesting is just like interesting, interesting things we see on Instagram and just sharing them or whatever, like, you know, kind of like bookmarking it. Right, so this is like watching the two of us scroll through Instagram. I don't know about that, but I'll write it down anyway. Thank you. I have no idea. I, for better or worse, like, I don't know how you feel about it, but you know, the whole like throw something at a wall and see what sticks approach is like both exciting, fun, and also sad. Sad on the basis that you have no clue what you're doing so you're just like hey let's just throw 20 things and see what sticks this is kind of a way to go through updates yeah yeah we can almost like rapid fire go through news of the week not like yeah. i mean of course when i say news i don't mean you know hard-hitting news i mean like tech design art and culture do you do you bookmark a lot of things on twitter Yes and no. I I don't use the bookmarks function, to be honest with you. I use the likes as a bookmark, which I know is not good practice because then other people see me like things that actually I'm just liking in order to find again. Yeah. Bad practice. Otherwise, I just have like a ton of tabs open. I do that too. Yeah. Per yeah. everyone else. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was going to say... How do you back tab in Notion? Oh, you mean you want to go? Like I want to like go. That? Oh, you want to do? I want to go out to the like previous list item. Yeah, it's, I don't know what it is on Mac. Okay, whatever. It's like shift tab, I think. Anyways, um, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be in, more interesting to, for us to come a bit more prepared which I think we deliberately were like, hey, let's just use this as a testing grounds of sorts. We I wonder if this is- like jump into the pool, you know? Otherwise wonder... we'd like not be doing this for another month. I wonder if this was a anticlimactic Return. episode 200. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the, well, you know, or you could say we can only improve from here. Having done a less than exciting first stream, yeah. Clearly, yeah. it improves. Had we come out with like a super well prepared scripted first stream, then that's what people would expect from us from now that's on. That's true. That's true. Oh, actually, I, I think I'm not upset about this. Yeah. Oh, there's one thing I also learned the, the importance of in the last few months is like how to arrive at consensus and how to like actually agree upon shit. Like, it's actually so hard to do that. Okay, tell have... people, how do you arrive at consensus and agree upon shit? This is the one thing that is really challenging. And this is not for me to open up this political kind of worms because I'm only using this from the context of running a business, right? It's like, 
how do you because everyone thinks hierarchy is bullshit in the sense that like oh it just it makes things complicated but i think there is sort of the extremities that you need to consider where something's too uh, hierarchical hierarchical i knew i was gonna say the word wrong but that's why i had to pause myself um and also too flat because i think that it's very difficult for you to arrive at consensus and and make sure that the work and the outcomes are ideal because I think we all agree that a point of view is arguably this, the biggest predicator of a successful body of work, mm. right? Not being down the middle, but sometimes when you flatten it and make it overly democratic, it just creates a very washed down, like this appeases everyone and no one at the same time. So I think finding a way to get things pushed through uh, because there's a strong point of view is actually the most challenging thing. So like if you me and like you know three other people are on a project how do we decide what is the right direction to take does someone have more say do they have like the ability to throw down a, a trump card and is that good or bad right i think that there's a difference between trying to figure out what is the direction to go versus like also being respectful of the direction and committing to it right like i might i might think sharice's direction or ideas is not the best one, but because I'm committed to the team and the cause, I'll 100% sort of like link up and I'll, I'll do that. So what is your approach for figuring out everyone's different levels of commitment? I think it just comes down to like contextually like setting stuff up because this is my whole thing. I think we've talked about this before. Like, just signals are such an important and valuable thing. But you where... might misread those. Oh yeah, of course. But I, I, I think that it's impossible. Like, you can ask someone their level of commitment, but as you said, what I say I'm going to do versus what is my actual action and reality are going to be different. So you know, that's kind of the nice okay. thing is that you're always just like it's. I feel like life is just like this continual slalom where like it's never going to be a straight line. Sometimes you go left, sometimes you go right. And it's just, it's just like a matter of like trying to figure that out and being okay with it. Cause you can't just go straight down the hill full speed, right? You mm -hmm. kind of need to, to dodge and you need to like figure out the direction and the lines. Yeah. You know, one, this is actually, maybe I have learned a lot in the last little bit, but like, I feel like maybe so you've learned a lot over a greater period of time. But again, this is about the purpose of the show. Without this outlet of needing to articulate your learnings in a exactly way, totally. they don't hit, you know, like you don't, you've learned them. It doesn't mean you didn't learn them, but you didn't have to express it. Yeah. Like Go ahead. What, was, what was the thing you learned? To me, restaurants are like the greatest sort of metaphor for creative work. I think. You all you love the food metaphors, but okay, let's hear let's hear this. Oh, then, then it's not new because I've already said it before. But well, I don't know. I don't know where we're going with this. I don't know yet yeah. what, what, how you're going to compare restaurants to creative work. Well, but I'm just you, saying that you yeah. you have a tendency to draw on food uh, and cooking. Dude, and restaurants food. like they're very clear representations of demographic. Uh, they have the ability to connect a lot of different people. Uh, different price points, different ingredients mean different types of dishes. Um, there's so many ways that you can connect. And like, you know, when it comes to creating a, you know, a body of work, the, the ingredients you have at your disposal 
kind of dictate what you create, right? So if, if this person comes to you with, you know, food cost is, you know, $10 per person versus $2 per person, how do you maximize the budget to make it the best product possible for the demographic and for what you're trying to communicate, right? So that to me is, is pretty interesting. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, but your metaphor doesn't work. Sorry, <laughs> sorry to say. All right. Your your metaphor doesn't work great for people who are not familiar with how restaurants are run. Uh, but most people have been to a restaurant, though. Yeah, you've been to you a restaurant. Been... You don't have to run a restaurant. No, but you would know, like you've gone to McDonald's and you've also gone to, like, I don't know. Um, but your mid- metaphor is more restaurant. on like the operation side not on the experience of eating somewhere i think that you could communicate it and most people would pick up on it like they would understand the difference between eating at a standalone mom and pop shop versus a mcdonald's versus uh like a mid-tier restaurant like a pizza california pizza kitchen or pizza express or whatever i challenge you on oh my god the degree of people actually understanding that uh, it's not your metaphor is not based on your consumer experience like there's another level there, it is though because if you have ten dollars to spend you know you, you can spend it in different ways i can get you know my bang for my buck going to a certain place and, and I, I tailor my expectations based off of that right like i don't go to a dumpling spot and expect the same level of service as maybe i'm me going to a, a proper fine linen sit-down restaurant Right. And obviously my cost is going to be different. My experience, everything's going to be different. Right. The way I'm served. I think it's like pretty representative of just the, the different layers in both creative work and life. I don't know. I feel like restaurants are, are very easy to understand. Like you, you, everyone's buying food from a restaurant or a vendor or whatnot at some point in their life. Right. Even you going to 7-Eleven or the convenience store is a type of food experience. Doesn't your metaphor rely on knowing about the other side, though, of like supply chain and making and the cost of that? But wouldn't you think that the fact that you're getting a certain type of food in a certain setting already is like over, like, let's call it 70% of the story. Like me buying that prepackaged sandwich in in 7-Eleven is a conscious decision to make the best of what is needed to provide you a grab and go sandwich that's you know 250. Okay. So to allow you allow you to I can't believe we're debating this, but I love it. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to stop the debate, but I want to ask you, have you used this metaphor with someone successfully? Yes, I did because I had to compare like a uh, real life example. So basically I was saying like, "Hey, you know what? You know, we have some clients that were a I hate to say it, like kind of like really like a joy to work with. Like they're really enjoyable because. Why do you hate to say this? It sounds weird. A joy. Like, it sounds weird. You don't joy. like telling people that you enjoy working with someone. No, enjoy versus joy are two different words. This, obviously, this is Sorry, a Sorry, enjoy joy. versus what? Like, like Sharice is a joy to work with. That's a, That sounds different from I enjoy working with Sharice. Like contextually, those are similar, but one sounds. You don't like bit. saying it because that makes you sound sappy. Yeah, yeah. 
anyways um this is the real so change for the last this, this month. Is, yo, so this you, is, you had a client who was a joy to work with and then I en we enjoyed working with them because the creative output was great a lot of flexibility the budgets were good and the process of working together was solid right so it was a well-oiled machine but some somewhere down the line they ended up you know cutting a lot of budgets adding a lot of political layers into it and they just took way too long so it basically turned into like a crusty old fine dining restaurant that outstayed its welcome where you couldn't turn projects quickly enough it would it, everything would get delayed so it'd be like you're at a three-hour um sit down spot that used to be an innovative and fun restaurant now it's just old and crusty right mm, and wait, on the flip side so what did you use the metaphor on your client no i, I explained to a friend and then on the flip side i was saying hey like we now have clients that are basically what this client was you know two years ago mm. right very quick um and it's almost as though and I, I use the example of like a fast casual like sweet green for people unfamiliar with sweet green it's like a fast casual salad chain and they i mean the food's not cheap right it's like a 15 dollars us salad like us 15 dollars salad but they turn it quickly it's fun uh it's quality and you can turn those much quicker right and maybe maybe you're not relying on you know two big projects maybe you're you know four or five smaller projects but because they're so enjoyable it just makes it a much better experience does your rest sorry we should we should stop debating your metaphor but i was about to say does your restaurant metaphor extend to what is home cooking like if i go to the market and buy ingredients and make myself a meal at home a home cooked meal is an art project <laughs> okay right it's an art right, project where like project okay where you could spend you know you could do something very you know non-commercially viable but it doesn't matter because it's either for you or for a small group and it's it doesn't require any sort of level of commercialization yeah hmm yeah Anyways. I was going to say, you know, this whole discussion of like you learning about this metaphor slash really enjoying comparing creative work to food slash food production slash food consumption, et cetera, made me think about how I further articulate ideas to students. And I use way fewer metaphors than you slash do not even attempt to construct metaphors. Do you know why I use metaphors? Because I feel like if you can successfully explain a metaphor, it shows that you understand the topic. Well, I just and, and, feel like metaphors potentially obscure the actual thing you are trying to explain because now you've added like another layer of complexity. But what it does as much is as allows... you say, like everyone's been to a restaurant, like I still think this is another layer of comprehension that you've put in front of the actual thing you're trying to describe. Okay. I guess it's like the relatability is what you're trying to create. Right. But, but, uh, but okay, let me simplify it. Truly successfully pick something to compare to that is easier to grasp. L let me simplify. Cause this was the original sort of analogy I would make is that, you know, creative work is kind of like making a dish, right? You're in the kitchen. You, you might have a certain few ingredients available. So how do you make the best dish based off of those ingredients? 
and knowing you have a budget. Like I can't spend a hundred dollars to make this lunch. I have $40 and I know that I have access to these really great tomatoes, which is like, Hey, this really great team of animators, for example. So what do I create with that? Is that, this does that sound, this was, I mean, I, restaurant this, this was the original one and the restaurant one came after the fact because the, I think so the, the restaurant one's more that. difficult because it's more demographic and brand driven. Yeah. So it's a little bit more intangible. Yeah. Well, anyway, what I was going to say is like thinking about how, you know, when I'm talking to students and they, I can sense that they don't fully grasp what I'm trying to explain. I most frequently try to draw on an example in my own life. Yeah. And not because I, I hopefully this doesn't come off as like self-centered, but just trying to give a concrete real life thing that has occurred that demonstrates what I'm explaining on an abstract level. So it might be an abstract concept about, let's just say a design theory. And if I don't have an like designer reference in mind, like if I don't have a piece of work in front of me that I can use to point at, then I will just try to draw on something that I have made myself or that I have experience with, with a client or something. Because I know like, for me, this is my strategy because whatever I draw on, I'm gonna know really well because it came from my own life. And then yeah. also I think subconsciously, like I hope that a student is gonna understand it better because well, it, it's something that Sharice has applied. Mm. You know, it, obviously this is like hinges on them having some level of respect for me or, or some level of like, you know, being happy to do something that I have done. And I understand that, but hopefully looking at my lived experience will encourage them to apply it to their own practice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Different, different communication tactics you and me usually we would ask is it time to wrap it up and then we would edit it out but since we're live i guess well i always have my eye on the clock and i was like once we get close to 60 i'm gonna bring this to a close yeah i think we'll, we'll need to sit on it and figure out what we do next week and i mean honestly i opt for picking one of the visualization activities and giving that a go yeah. I, is there a quick five-minute game we could play? Right now? That, oh, no, I mean, well, maybe. Oh, you but... mean for next... Where are we brainstorming live right now for next week? Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't we? Then I would say... Let's see here. Okay, let's show on stream. Right now we've only written Age of Empires, lol. I mean, we could do the Wordle slash Cordle slash other wordle derivatives together what are good games we could play oh man i remember back in the day there was like you could play mini golf that was always fun you could play mini golf against each other online yeah but it was on flash mini golf. obviously flash is not no longer available I mean, we could play Romy Cove, which i've done with friends online but i'm pretty oh, bro much... i would kill you at Romy Cove. you would kill me i can't have a conversation while doing Romy Cove because it requires like a hundred percent of my brain power and i would still lose dude there's this game called mini well it's called mini putt it's uh it's from 2005. we should also bring in guests 
Yeah, we can do that too. Way easier now. Yeah, and from overseas. Yeah, and maybe we should communicate that we're going live. Well, of course. Maybe maybe what you, we do is. Were you gonna like prank call someone? You were like, "Hey, can you just like open this link and then surprise? We're like on Twitch." Yeah. Eh. Mm. We could also live. Well, last week when we were testing this out, I was live photoshopping and it was just for jokes, but we could actually do that too. Yeah. I mean, maybe next week we can walk through some new updates like Adam Studios. We did rebrand. Um, what else? I mean, we never even talked sure. about rebrand, actually. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Good point. Let me share. Yeah, that's something we could do. Look, we're so creative. Actually, these titles look quite good. Did we? Did you change the making it up uh, logo? No. Here, hold on a second. Then where did this one come from? What do you mean? Let me show you in a second. This logo. This one. You see it? Oh wait, I gotta show on screen. Oh, uh, this is well. I mean, we're gonna talk about this next week or the week after. But this is Dustin's pitch for how we can shake up the MIU episodes by cutting out the arrows and applying different graphics underneath it. Oh yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, ah, Dustin, man, he's he's. He's a smart one, that guy. He is. He's a, yeah. he's a good one. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We can talk about this. So don't talk about it now. Stop. All right. Let's not. Stop. Let's not. Cool. All right. Um, oh, we should, yeah, probably throw that in as well. Maybe. Oh, yeah. I think it'd be great if we ended up doing co-hosted interviews where people would walk through their work. Ooh. Okay. Let me put that. That would be interesting. Here co-hosted interviews where people talk us through their work. It's kind of like a Sights and Sounds, but live. Oh, we can do music too. Actually, it's so much easier now. Well, yes we, can no. we can do videos or music and... Yeah, I think licensed work is a little bit hard. Oh, you're right. Music it is. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I mean, just give it a go, I guess. We'll just get Delft to give us a library of beats to use. Oh, On there's side... no intro outro music anymore. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or that's not true. That's actually not true. I could we would just up figure out how to queue would... it up, but um, yeah, we would just have to like add it in. All right, my friend. Oh. Let's call it Is a that day. It? We're out. All right, are we gonna just for the sake of it read the outro? Well, not just for the sake of it. I mean, what else maybe would we, we do? Wave each other? Maybe we change it up and we pay someone on Cameo to read the outro. Maybe we can do some live rewriting. All right. We, we got to change this one, right? Uh, yeah. You can... 
I would I would say it's nice to be on my computer, focus on one one and a half tasks, versus like being on a Zoom call, having fifty tabs open, half listening, writing notes, checking on the latest message pop up. Yeah, I definitely realize I fucking am really bad at focusing. I need to I need to build in better guardrails for that. David is in the Twitch chat. So I'm saying hi. I've asked him if he's got questions for us. Oh, nice. I guess we should, yeah. That's kind of <laughs> yeah I was just gonna keep y'all in the background as I worked. Yeah, um, thank you. Thank you are now two viewers. Um, yeah, we're coming up on the hour. So Eugene and I are gonna call it, call it an end for the day's experimental uh, random grab bag stream. We were just editing this outro. You can what? You can follow us on Twitch or subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and platforms. Yeah. Oh, one, one thing that, oh yeah, put this on the next one. Oh, this, this is a good one. It's like, I have an article I wanna share. Uh, I'll, I'll send it to you privately and then we can maybe talk about it next week. Okay. I think it's quite interesting. We should still do our regular, uh, some, we should still do some regular article reading sharing I, I think that it's important to have some sort of continuity right like you don't want it to be a new grab bag every single week yeah that's a bit much isn't it it should be one subject plus like grab bag activity okay so okay good. anyway uh let me let me finish up this outro Okay, all right. Saying bye to each other? You're on mute, my friend. It's happened on week one. How have you oh. already hit mute on yourself? Nicole was in the background uh, leaving a voice message to somebody. So, wait, are we doing the outro? Yeah. All right. Yes. Yes, sirree. That is a good place to cap things off for the day. If you are interested in hearing more about Macon, reading and listening to some of our stories, focus on the sights and sounds of creative culture, you can visit us at Macon.com. You can follow us on Twitch or subscribe to us to your favorite podcast app and platforms. If you like what you're hearing, you can spread the word and also support us via patreon.com slash Macon. Patreon members get access to the Making Discord, where we talk about episodes of Making It Up and also everything else going on in global creative culture. Become a member and join us in those conversations. 
I'm Eugene. I'm Sharice. And this is Making It Up. Farewell. See you next week. All right. See you guys.